Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the What the Niche podcast. And I am your Caped Crusader and host for this very special episode of the podcast. Before we get into the knit and gritty of this week's discussion, I want to quickly remind everyone that my site is up and running at whatthenitch.net. Also, t-shirts will be available in the store, uh, which will launch this week, courtesy of my boy Corey Higdon. Uh, Mad shout out to him. I will be having him on a later podcast. Uh, His story is incredible, and I'd like to thank him for those t-shirts. I can't wait to see those. Thanks, everyone, as always, for your support, and I hope that you continue to share the show. Now, on to the show. How do you feel now, Superman? Wait a minute. You're not Vandeglass, you're Cy. Cy Horton. That's right, Buster. It's too late, Superman. I feel... I feel... Yeah? Weak. Dizzy. And... I feel... I feel... Yeah? Weak. Emergency. Batman speaking. Warning all of you to brace yourselves for big news. The biggest. Tell them, Robin. Holy superlatives, Batman! It's really exciting. Soon, very soon, Batman and I will be batapulting right out of your TV sets and onto your theater screens. That's right, Robin. Our first full-length motion picture feature in color opens a whole new world of thrills. You want to know how I got these scars? My father was a drinker and a fiend. And one night, he goes off crazier than usual. Mommy gets the kitchen knife to defend herself. He doesn't like that. Not one bit. So, me watching, he takes the knife to her, laughing while he does it. He turns to me and he says, why so serious? He comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on that face. Hardly to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. I'm just not the the hero type, clearly, with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I've made, largely public truth is, I am Iron Man. We got him. Banner? Just like you said. Then tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I, I don't see how that's a party. Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. There was a time when the heroes who wore bright colored capes and spandex were the saving grace for the kids sitting alone in the dark recesses of the cafeteria. Their minds filled with wonder and awe as the bold images on the pages burrowed into their souls and lifted their spirits. Comics have long acted as scripture for many, 
and the hymns were relayed one strategically placed cell at a time. The lore of the parishioners of justice echo through the cathedrals of the minds of the faithful readers. Now the sacred texts of those illustrious figures who have graced the pages of history books of fantasy and imagination have conquered the silver screen. The summer blockbuster has now become synonymous with superheroes, and those who felt as though these characters were theirs now have to share their precious mentors of whimsical amazement with the world. But as alleged nerd culture emerges as the new normal, it's now become simple culture. Fans of all things extraordinary and exciting reap the benefits of a paradigm shift where the reigning kings and queens of the cinematic medium have become Spider-Man, Batman, Black Panther, or the Avengers. And it's likely these stories speak to so many because so often people feel helpless in their own lives. And for a few short hours, whether we see those members of the unbelievable society on a page or the big screen, we can root for those otherworldly figures and simply let go of our daily problems. For those who have always been fans of the phantasmagorical worlds of comics, now is the time to bask in the glory of the renaissance of your beloved stories, which the world has now embraced. My publisher came racing into my office. Stan, Stan, you remember that character we both loved so much, Spider-Man? He said, let's do him as a series. Now, why am I telling you this? Besides the fact that I have to kill a little time. If you have an idea that you genuinely think is good, don't let some idiot talk you out of it. Now, that doesn't mean that every wild notion you come up with is gonna be genius, but if there is something that you feel is good, something you want to do, something that means something to you, try to do it because I think you can only do your best work if you're doing what you want to do and if you're doing it the way you think it should be done. And if you can take pride in it after you've done it, no matter what it is, you can look at it and say, I did that and I think it's pretty damn good. That's a great feeling. So don't let idiots <laughs> talk you out of something that you think is good. This clip is an excerpt from a keynote speech given at UCLA by Stan Lee, who was a once-in-three-lifetimes figure. He seeded a garden that blossomed into one of the most beautiful and bountiful providers of joy. The crops have now spread far and wide, as Marvel and comic books in general have become an absolute global phenomenon. Which brings me to my guest this week. His name is Marco Hudi. He is a world traveler, explorer, and comic book artist. 
His journeys brought him all the way from his home country of Mozambique to Montreal, Canada. In our chat, we discuss how Marco was able to find a path into the comic book world and how he eventually created runs of Spider-Man, Winter Soldier, X-Men, and many other famous characters in the comic book world. The unlikely rise of a kid from Africa with dreams of creating versions of the superheroes he loved is one which I hope will inspire and captivate my audience. So without further ado, here is the amazing chat I had with my new friend, Marco Hudi. Well, Marco Rudi, I am a comic book artist. I am a would-be writer because I have been writing for the past two or three years. Um, yeah, that, that's about it. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm more, I have worked and I worked in a comic book industry. I've worked in for about 13 years over at Marvel, over at DC, over at Image, Dark Wars. So I've been around, I guess. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, I do stuff, some stuff. Right on. So with you working, I know you said Winter Soldier was one thing that you had done. Have you actually had the opportunity to work with anybody in the film industry? Have you worked as like maybe sort of um, someone who is a resource that they talk to while they're writing scripts or screenplays? Uh, No, because those those tend to be fairly disconnected to the comic book uh, side of things. Yeah. Uh, I think the closest that I've done was working with... um, uh, working with with the gaming gaming industry i worked with um, the riot studios which is the studios that makes the game league of legends oh yeah so, so i did i did uh, something for them but but again even in that it was kind of their uh, other projects um side of things so but yeah that that that's about it i guess because uh, as i said i think Outside of writers that write for games and write for movies and series that also write for comics, uh, the, the companies tend to, to disc- the, 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 these sides, these things are disconnected from each other, that they don't talk to each other in that way. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that like, we talked a little bit about this before, uh, we started our official chat here is that uh, a lot of individuals who are knee deep and really in the, the trenches of the comic book world um, can oftentimes be rather mean and judgmental. Um, yeah. I think is, you know, I think that it's something yeah, yeah, yeah. here precious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think Protective. that uh, you have to understand that what the Marvel and DC have done is they basically went ahead and created their own, separate universe and entity based upon that original story. Because if you try to equate everything, well, they, that's not how it was in the comic. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to separate yourself from that. Cause otherwise yeah. you're pissed off a lot. <laughs> what has happened is that a lot of, because the movies are made to be of easy consumption, there's a lot, a lot of elements from the movies that, uh, then influence the, the stories told nowadays with uh, advantages and disadvantages to the medium of comics, to the stories that they want to tell, to the um, to the the baggage that they have as well. 
Do you think it's a negative impact that you know the films? I think it's. I think it's. There's good. There's good and the bad that comes with it. I think one of the bad things is oversimplification. Uh, there's a lot of interest, interesting, in, intricate stuff that works well in comics that are that, uh, that the movies simplified for the story to flow better in that format. That then is translated to it's taken. To, to comics that you kind of lose some of the richness uh, of comics, but at the same time, there's a lot of convoluted stuff in comics, like lots of convoluted stuff that the movie industry streamlines to make it for easy consumption that helps then the stories in comics. So as I said, there is good and bad that you, that, uh, that you can take from this, uh, this baggage of stuff that's coming from the cinema. Yeah, it's certainly been profitable. I mean, so oh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you're talking about a multi-billion-dollar industry with uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and you know, when you talk about Nolan's Batman series, that every release, you know, broke the previous uh, yeah, single yeah. weekend record, and and so on and so forth. So evidently, they they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would, um, the only thing that I would add to this is just that the the companies the parent companies of the there 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 is a point of revenue and a point of uh, uh portraying a little more of the comic book industry in the cinema in the cinema environment which is the actual going to the theater they could have uh, rack, uh, racks with uh, comics there to expose people that go to the to the theater to these these stories which they don't and this is a that is an excellent opportunity for more sales of comics and for people to be more acquainted uh, with comics themselves with how different they are well, how how the stories play out in the comics versus the the movies they never do that which is a shame this is it's a complete loss opportunity i mean ever since this uh, wave of the, um, i mean i was going to say since since the iron man but uh, Marvel, the first Marvel movie or the first successful Marvel movie was Blade in '98. So ever since then, they never ever took the advantage of just putting some some racks with comics promoting what they're selling, which is odd. What they do is uh, they go then to the comic book industry to to make comic adaptations of the movies, which are also adaptations of stories from comics, and you're like. I mean, it's just a lot. It's just a waste of time and waste of uh, resources when you could just put, "Hey, these are the X Men new movie. These are the X Men stories that are going about right now." Or here is a graphic novel that inspired this 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 movie that you're seeing right now on on the on the racks there for people to buy at the 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 actual theaters. They could make a lot of money, and this would help the comic book industry. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Like, I don't know. And like I mentioned before we started uh, talking that I watch, I've seen every Marvel movie, every single one in theater. uh, And I own every single one. So uh, even some of the the ones that were (laughs) lesser appreciated, like the Mm -hmm. second Thor movie. And, you know, but I bought them all just to have like the entire collection. And Yeah. yeah, dude, you're right. Like, how are you missing that opportunity to have those comics there yes. uh, and accessible and how it seems as though they do this with the TV series and things of that nature where they do little tidbits 
Uh, I know that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had done some things that were giving you some sort of uh, background or out on the fringes. Oh, they had a series. The, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was so successful that they then made a series, a series of comics, which, were, I mean, uh, rather than, um, like, instead of... Uh, using that as a, oh, this is your entry into the comics. It was, oh, this is successful, therefore it makes money. So let's make a comic book series out of that. Still not promoting it. It was more just, oh, this is, uh, again, it's just silly. <laughs> it's, just silly it's a very simple thing to do, to put the, 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 the racks of comics on the theaters. Do you think they're using them, using comics as story farms? Oh, <laughs> Where they're just like, hey, just, Absolutely. you know, let them do this series and then that's something that we can pull from. Or, you know, basically now since, you know, Disney owns Marvel, you know, we'll just take, take it. You know, that's the ring. I'm not even saying that Disney or Warner, Warner Brothers does that. They, they Everybody do. do. Everybody <laughs> does that. Like Disney's it, the worst. And uh, well, No, but the <laughs> thing is, it's not even, uh, I'm not defending Disney at all. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I get it. You work for them. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm saying. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of working or not it's just like this is like i would even go as far as capitalism it's just oh, that's because, true it's just because hollywood loves money so yeah. oh this the, instead of coming up with new ideas like oh let's just farm somewhere so for a while is the remakes and revivals and whatever and then oh comics comics makes money so Okay, so Disney has this all this stuff, and Warner Brothers has this all this stuff. What is this other stuff that we can get? So, so there's Netflix uh, getting a bunch of series and movies out of uh, independent stuff, and Hollywood gets a bunch of series and movies out of independent stuff because money. That's just it. I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. Um, it just, as I said, the, the my my only point to that is that it's short sighted for the companies that are then the comic book companies that are then involved all in this industry to not promote themselves. So it's just silly. It's just silly. Promote your product rather than your characters promote your product because it will only, uh, the bottom line is you will be more successful, but they're yeah. just not doing that. It just blows my mind. And that, uh, how many people are fans of the cinematic universes, such as myself, that yeah. aren't into the comics, that would probably exactly. be into the comics. Exactly. Like, as I'm exposed to him and you know, somebody will say, Hey, read this. I used yeah. to have a roommate, uh, shout out to my boy, Chris Whitworth. Um, you guys would get along smashingly. He's absolutely mm -hmm. obsessed with comics. Uh, oh. he has 15 or 20,000 or something. I don't know. His don't body's know. completely covered in, um, his, well, his arms are all comic book tattoos, completely sleeved. Uh, uh, his legs are video game tattoos and things of that nature. Um, yeah, and he would push things to me. He'd be like, hey, check out the Civil War series. You know, and that's 10 years before there was ever the cinematic universe, really. Uh, you know, yeah. they were still doing the original X-Men movies and whatever, but he's like, this is like the best thing that's ever been done. He's the mm -hmm. art's amazing, and it really caught me. And I sat down and read a couple of them because he was like, check it out. So, because I didn't have exposure to it. They weren't yeah. marketing it in the proper way. I think it was, I almost wonder... It feels like there is still a slight aversion to nerd culture becoming mainstream. Oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's um, which is so weird. Like because now it's not even considered to be uncool. Mm. You know, they have the Nerdist Network, and everybody listens to it. It ain't just yeah. nerds that go on there. Uh, Chris Hardwick sits down and talks to literally every 
person on the planet. And so it's not this outside thing anymore, but I still feel like there's, there's those people that are hanging on to it near and dear because it was something that they found that outlet and that's fine. But don't be mean when other people are trying to get into it. Oh, you're playing. You probably never played G and D in your life, bro. Yeah. You know, get yeah, out that, of here. That's that's that gatewalling <laughs> thing that I was talking about. So yeah, before that, uh, there is an. It's unfortunate that there is a um, there is a group of people that are they're just too resistant to new people. However, like like I understand some of them. Like this, this is. This has has been your escape for like from jogs from the the world for a very long time, and now the world is trying to get to you, and you're like, no, this is my thing. I understand that defensiveness, but it's just you got you got. It is what it is. You gotta live. You gotta move on and change with the world. That's just the way it is. You can't be stuck in that uh, ideal that. Uh, Oh no! This is my thing. This is my thing forever. It can be your thing, and then you can also make it somebody else's thing, rather than being defensive about uh, people entering to do, discovering comics now or whatever. It's yeah, just yeah, agreed, man. I get excited yeah. when people start to get in things that I'm into. It excites yeah. the shit out of me. I'm like, dude, you know, I, I get excited to talk to him about it. You know, horror movies or films in general, or they go see a particular play that I like. You know, I'm excited to talk to him about it. I don't yeah. care if that was the first thing they ever went to. And, you know, it's the first play they've ever seen. You know, I'm well, not going to be mad. Oh, you're just now going to see plays and you think you know what's good. You know, I mean, I'm like, that's great. You like it. It's awesome. Let's talk about I mean, it. I even understand people that go as far as like um, people that that um, go to the they experience the the cinematic universes and they come to you with the knowledge of the cinematic universe and talk like with pump and circumstance like oh yeah this is this because I know I I I, I take pleasure in schooling them but <laughs> yeah. but at the same time I also know that people get very very aggressive towards like a, as in oh the fuck you know what do you think you know and therein uh they are just they they, they assume that they're justified in being aggressive towards this new people be, this new person because they're being obnoxious you can just be obnoxious back and that was that you can stop it at there rather than being oh yeah, fuck you or like eh, unnecessary but i i love to have fun with people that go about oh this is this i'm like yeah not really. <laughs> You're like, but is it though? <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's, it's important to kind of meet. I, I do the same thing. And, uh, anybody that's my friend knows I start a bunch of shit on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I just post things to get people riled up. Um, and then I just kind of sit back and eat popcorn. I'm bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is one of my favorite pastimes. So mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I understand that sometimes it is kind of fun to poke somebody that's like, oh yeah, I know all about this. And you're like, well, stop being a dick about it. A, and then B, maybe you don't. Yes. But like, especially if you don't just like, eh, yeah, you don't, it's might as well just uh, keep quiet. Right. Yes. So we've already dug deep here, man. This is awesome. Um, I usually like to start these conversations with, uh, asking people, um, you know, so understanding what the different niches are, there's mm-hmm. always things that people assume about people. Uh, yeah. and I'm sure you've encountered, encountered this, some of the misconceptions that are perceived about you, uh, yeah. as a comic book artist, what are some of the things that you've encountered that maybe you can just kind of like put it in the key there? 
Uh, well, I don't know because mostly people have um, have misconceptions about the way I look, I guess, because um, being a comic book artist, uh, your name is on the cover, not your face. So people tend to like, is this until they see you or you're, they Google you or whatever. Uh, so uh, the biggest one, again, is it's not about the comic book industry. It's more just personal. It's just people assume that I was Brazilian for a long time and I'm not. Um, it, and people Where are you from? I am originally from Mozambique, but I'm Canadian now. Oh, right on. Mozambique is a country in the southern side of uh, the continent of Africa. It's very close to South Africa. And uh, that normally that's that's about it. However, one of the questions you asked me at the beginning, uh, therein lies some of the biggest assumptions, which is what is your contact with um, the movie side of things? When I talk about when I talk about, oh, I have worked for Marvel, I have worked for DC, I have in, in contact with that, the assumption is that you have some say in the movies or that you have some connections to it. Through conventions, I have met a bunch of uh, actors and uh, some of like people that are involved in the movie side of things, but um, normally those are quite disconnected. So to assume that, like I understand the assumptions, it's like, eh, not really, I, I wish. I bump, I bump into these people at the at conventions and, and at like a green rooms or the odd party that I'm allowed to go or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it definitely has its probably benefits. You probably have yeah. some ends that other people don't. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 thing the conv- I would say that I have access to these people. Like I have easier access to these people at conventions, mostly because of green rooms. And um, especially shows that I'm a guest of. Uh, I'm a guest at, not a guest of. Uh, I if there's a party for for the show in which the stars are there, I will I will have a chance to then talk to them in person. Have you ever met anybody that? Uh, yeah, was um, a disappointment. <laughs> disappointment, Luferino. Oh yeah. Yeah, you didn't want to talk at all. He he, he was. Uh, Stonewalled. He didn't want to talk at all. That. <laughs> Outside of, uh, I guess, yeah, it was just, just. Oh, look, it was. It, it, I could. I wanted to say it was just with me, but it was a bunch of people. So he was. Maybe he was having a bad day. But specifically him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, um, Richard Dean Anderson. He was. Uh, he was. He was uh, grumbling. He, he was also not not having a good time. <laughs> but, but outside of that, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I met one of the, I think it was in Louisville. I met the uh, Eccleston, one of the Doctor Who guys. Oh, yeah. And he was pretty charming. He was a nice guy. I like him. Yeah, uh, those uh, conventions are wonderful. I mean, it's yeah, just such a yeah. cool place. Like, everybody's as excited about all the content as you are. One guy that I met that was um, one of those uh, casual coincidences that are like pretty cool was uh remember the cartoon show for the x-men the one in the 90s oh yeah i love that yeah so the guy that does the voice for wolverine uh steve bloom uh i mean he's done a voice for a bunch of stuff from video games for series and whatnot so his voice is highly recognizable but he had just woken up so uh i was just eating at like a, the green green room just eating and the guy's like can i sit here I'm like yeah sure 
So we started talking about uh, both our industries and the life as freelancers, the, the certainty or the uncertainty, getting gigs, the, pr- the pride of getting gigs and not getting gigs, the, like, like just discussing uh, life as a freelancer in general. And we had like a pretty, like pretty lengthy 30 to 40 minute conversation. Somebody came about, other voice actors. I did not know who he was. And he's like, we've been talking for all this time. What's your name? I'm like, I'm Marco. And he's like, I'm Steve. And when he said, like, oh, man, you're Steve Bloom. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're Wolverine. He started laughing. Like, yeah. And um, rather than going, oh, my God, we just resumed the conversation as normal. Just talking about, like, normal life and uh, um, how, how our industries are similar and how they they differ in the in freelancing essentially it was a great chat that i had with him but it's just one of those happy coincidences he's just a guy that sat by my table and started chatting about yeah (laughs) that's those are fun because you get to have a better experience with that person rather than you standing in line and just like freaking out when you meet him and yeah yeah I had a uh, similar experience to that with uh, Doug Jones. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Doug Jones is not known for Doug Jones. Like, he never gets to look like the nostalgic critic. Yeah. He's, uh, he's always covered in uh, makeup from head to toe. And, you well, know, he's got he, the hat and the glasses. It's very easy to recognize. Yeah. If you've ever seen Doug Jones, which yes. you don't get to see Doug Jones on film, yeah. you know, because it's just his frame. And, yeah. uh, so we, we went up to his booth and of course, I mean, I knew who he was, but yeah. we ended up getting to have a God, man, uh, it was a slow day for him, which was sad because he was just yeah. the best guy. He sat there and talked to me, my buddy for 25 minutes. We talked about how much he loves Yermo and different experiences he had, how much he loved Ron Perlman and yeah. you know, a lot of those people that he had gotten to work with and was just, he's like, I'm so excited that you're excited to talk to me. And it was just a cool you know, that that's yeah. the right attitude to have. You're excited yeah. that I'm here. So I'm excited you're here. Yeah. Do you know, do you know the le- red letter media guys? Red letter media. Um, um, Mr. Plinkett. Oh, uh, I mean, I know of them, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I didn't know, like first show that I went was one in Toronto in 2011 and they were there. Red Letter Meter was there. So going going back, to, because I've watched the Star Wars reviews back to back to back. In fact, I've watched it so many times that I put it as like a background noise to fall asleep to sometimes. Uh, so uh, one of the times I was just watching their videos, uh, they're like, oh yeah, we're, we're at the show here in Toronto. And I'm like, wow, I was at that show. And I passed by that booth and nobody was there. And then as they were talking about their experience, they're like, yeah, nobody came to a booth. Like, who gives a shit about the Star Wars reviews and whatnot? And they, this, is, this was right at the beginning of the Star Wars reviews. Nowadays, that thing has millions of you, like millions. They're super famous. No way they're going to a show. Nobody is going to, anybody's going to like miss them. But it was just funny to see that it's one of those things that, oh, I was, I was at that thing where these guys were and I passed by their booth and I didn't know that they were who they are now. Yeah. Like things come and go, they come and go yeah. in waves and, you know, with the resurgence, I'm sure they, they just, that's a happy accident, yeah. you know, because before, you know, a couple of years before that, you know, 
George Lucas might have been talking about making the movies, but everybody was kind of like, well, sure. Okay. When, whenever it happens, it happens. Kind of yeah. like the Avatar movies with John, James Cameron. Everybody's kind of like, yeah, they'll be out sometime 2028. Been well, when, when, <laughs> when we're living in the Navi world is when they're coming out. He's going to film uh, live from there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, real 3D becomes real 3D. Oh, man. I can't wait for that because he'll be at the <laughs> forefront of it because... He's one of those people that he waits. He's patient, mm. you know, and people get a little irritated with him. They say he's tough, but everybody talks about it. he knows what the hell he's doing because he oh, changes he, the way movies are made for 10 years at a time. He, you know? he, he's, he's just waiting for it to, um, to it, for the cinema experience to become the hologram, the, the holovid yeah. from Star Trek. So like, yeah, this is it. You're a Navi now. Experience it. Oh, by the way, this is the movie. Can you imagine? I want to dance with the Navi. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Zoe Saldana, even blue, she looked good. I was like, girl, what up? <laughs> Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if uh, if you're a big fan of that film, but uh, what they've created at uh, Disney's Animal Planet, uh, uh, or Animal Kingdom, rather. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm not, it's like this. I watched the movie... And it's, it, I'm not a fan of uh, the 3D experience, mostly because I wear glasses, so I have to wear glasses on top of glasses, yeah. and it's not fun. And so, yeah, I, I understand that it was a pretty innovative uh, movie or production, all of it. However, the story was the story of Disney's Pocahontas. So I, I'm like watching the movie, I'm like, oh, this is Pocahontas. Yeah, or dances with wolves, elements yeah, of that yeah. too. And movie yeah, keeps going. Oh, yeah, that that is definitely dances with wolves, and Pocahontas. So it like uh, there's a scene where a character disappears. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna reappear as the heroic savior. As I am saying this, the scene you're like, oh, wow, this is not predictable. <laughs> at all. So um, the movie uh, technically is ast- astonishing. Is Excellent, fantastic. Uh, the story eh, is uh, predictable. Uh, like I mean, I could. You mentioned the the Nolan Batman movies. The if you think about those movies, oh, <laughs> they're not as as great a masterpieces as as they seem. But like in the technical aspect, they are very well shot. Excellent photography. Great soundtrack. Mood, the mood of each of the, each of the three movies is fantastic. The stories are flawed on the three. The third movie is not good, like at all. It's to the point that I was laughing out loud in the, in the theater. But it had, as I said, the production side, the photography, the cinematography, excellent. Just the stories, like eh. yeah, I. I think he he was, and that's the thing is like you have to be, you have to take a movie into account the the sum of all its parts. Oh, um, yeah. so some movies are going to have strengths and weaknesses, and yeah. you know other movies that you know you pick apart. Like I mean, if you look at Nolan's Inception, um, for <laughs> me that's a perfect film. Yeah. Um, I, I, just the, the all the little nuance and the perfect attention to detail uh, on what. Uh, if you go through as a psychological experiment and you break yeah. down like the things that are supposed to happen in dreams, uh, he did a, a like 
three or four months of like dream study to know the different things that can happen in dreams to build mm. that world that he did. So with Batman, yeah, everybody, it was, it was beloved. And then, you know, it did, it did dwindle on the third one. I don't disagree. Mm. Um, and, but yeah, you, you said it, you hit the nail on the head. You, you are being objective yeah. uh, rather than subjective about a thing. You're looking at it as a whole, like you, you're, the photography is great. The sound's good. You know, so many people are so quick. And I, yeah. and I try to instill that in my students to get them out of the habit of being like, oh, that's what you like, dog? That's garbage. You yeah. know, and you're like, all right, man, like there's ways to criticize things and not be a total asshat about it. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, that's what you're into because that's not necessarily my thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. And they no, like not. a lot of new rap and I grew up with old school rap and I'm not like, you know, this is terrible. You know, yeah. but I'll break down, you know, I'll be like, I think the lyrics lack substance <laughs> and, you know, but I'm not going to be like, oh, that's hot garbage, bro. <laughs> on, on, specifically on that, I'm not, not like big into rap. Uh, I, there's old, old school rap that I like and whatever, but it's just not specifically my thing. But there's a video of uh, Snoop Dogg discussing uh, the trend of rap nowadays that is hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's, he's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm like, three seconds, you just destroyed this. It was hilarious. <laughs> Obviously, I am biased towards the stuff that I know. Obviously, I'm biased towards the stuff that I know from before that I like. So I'm like, yeah. It's, it's better, in my opinion, because I grew up with that stuff. So Celine Dion, Nickelback, uh, who else? Oh, is absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of assumptions, oh, you're Canadian. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the only two things you're allowed to listen to. Alanis Morissette, that's a good one. I, 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 the, the first, like, first, like, one, two, three, four, I mean, I, I bought, the first the, her first four albums like on sequence i was a huge fan oh dude jagged little pill was phenomenal i mean it's it there's still, nothing bad to say about that and it is still i'm kidding i mean honestly i won't hate on celine dion she could sing she's amazing hey, i uh, i bought uh just just on that i bought um uh and this are completely unrelated mostly because of titles i bought this the, her second album and Limp Biscuits second album at the same time. I bought Limp Biscuits because of the title. Nookie? Because, no. Uh, the or third. Significant, third. significant other, rather? Uh, the third one. Uh, supposed form of, no, sorry. That was Alanis was supposed form of infatuation junkie. And um, Limp Biscuits was uh, hot dog flavored water. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. I mean, uh, it's good great album. Title. <laughs> great, it's great album. Boiler is one of my favorite songs by them. It, I mean, uh, if I think too much about it, I'm like, eh. but it's <laughs> yeah. so fun. Oh, it's dude. so fun. I did it all for the, the Nookie is from is from from uh, 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 what is what is the album that has the Nookie? You just said the title. Yeah, it's uh, it is Nookie. I think that's the uh, oh no, significant other. Significant other. Yeah, yeah. I like significant other. Uh, <sighs> Uh, like the, like uh, Roland, the song Roland. The song is incredibly dumb. It's <laughs> so dumb, but it's very catchy. Oh yeah, it's very catchy. It, like that is one of the poppiest 
songs from that that time that uh is it like new metal kind of vibe yeah new metal yeah yeah new new metal metal. rap core whatever um there's a thousand different subgenres of metal it's crazy yeah (laughs) so um you've already naturally touched on some of the things i usually like to talk about Mm -hmm. um so what is probably something that you consider your greatest achievement as far as comic book art goes uh um or if there's several that's fine too i mean i got invited to i i got asked to draw spider-man and when i got asked to draw spider-man i had been in the industry for a while now so as much as my the paycheck offered was inferior to the one i was getting at dc comics marvel gave me literal carte blanche to do whatever i want on uh, on the visuals so like that was like that puts a grin in my face just thinking on it like i drew five issues of spider-man of a miniseries in which i drew whatever i wanted following the script of course but i used storytelling in a way that i wanted i experimented with whatever i wanted i put everything that i wanted to do there that was great so and um uh i mean I'm in a stage right now where I'm writing and drawing. I, my achievement will then be to put the book that I'm writing and drawing out to, to, to have that people, have people consume that and tell me if they liked it or not. But uh, outside of that, yeah, like, like working, working, working in these companies, I mean, where I'm from, uh, working for comics is literally something that you don't even imagine that you will do. Like, it is more feasible for me to think that I will be an, an engineer and try to go to NASA than to go, oh, I'll, I'll draw Spider-Man, I'll work for Marvel Comics. It's just something that you, you don't think of at all. So, so you mean in being from Mozambique initially? Mozambique, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just not something that you even think of in your day-to-day life because this is so much out of um, mainstream conversation that you're like yeah, yeah whatever did so, you even have access to comic books there yeah like, I, did. I don't know I did. much if i i'll be clean complete ignorance about the country it's fine. we would get we would get um like we would get books sent from from like charity like lots of wagons would, would come about from everywhere in the world and we would because it's a Portuguese former colony, so we would get um, the stuff that was translated to Portuguese uh, in stores, like bookstores and whatnot. And lastly, South Africa is very close, so I so I divided my time that I lived in Mozambique between Mozambique and South Africa. And there, there are comic book shops. There, they used to used to have comics on the racks on stores, so I would consume consume comics like that but even so it's it's children's stuff so to think that you can aspire to work in, in that as i said you can dream to be, dream of being a nasa astronaut you can you can aspire to that because it's something that you got you have to study get good grades be an engineer aspire to get a scholarship you can even make a plan to to apply for nasa whereas well, nowadays you can but back in the 80s like oh i'm gonna be a comic book artist what is comics artist you're bum go be a an actual person so i would say that having a career move like uh, traveling the world um 
being where I'm at right now, uh, I never imagined that I could do or be those things. So yeah, I would say that just where I'm at right now is probably a pretty good achievement as it is. Yeah, dude. And that's, you touched on so many things in there that, uh, I find incredibly interesting because I've never thought about it. So it's Mm -hmm. all about that perception. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about a trajectory. There isn't a class that you can go to in college to say, all right now. Yeah. It's better graphic design and all that stuff. And then they, you know, get more niche. No, uh, there's comic schools now. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember even, even when I was a teen, I mean, uh, the biggest comic book school that actually has had a lot of superstars came out of that is a a school called the Kubert school. It's in New York. Um, it's pretty old school. I think it's, 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 it's got like 25 plus years of existence. And, uh, when I was 17, so this was like 98, no, sorry, 99, 98, 99. I applied because they have also correspondence courses. I applied to the school. I even got accepted, but my dad didn't think that that was a real job. So I went on to, to, to study architecture. But, uh, but yeah, the, the schools like the Kubert School were rarer at the time. But now, they're, they're, if you're in the comic book industry or if you're interested in it, there are ways, especially now with the advent of the internet, there's lots of co- online courses, there's YouTube videos of people doing uh, step-by-step stuff. But at the time, in the 80s, early 90s, nah, it was the only one that I knew was the Kubert School. And it, it's you have to be in the know to know that that school exists. Outside of that, no. Yeah, because for me, I didn't know that that was uh, that was a thing, yeah. and mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about like how do you get there. You know, it's one of those things that uh, again, I, I often bring it back to me being a teacher. But when I'm talking to my students, I always talked about I try try to tell them about realistic possibilities because yeah. you know not everybody can be an athlete, not everybody can be the next great rap artist, not everybody can be an Instagram influencer. Yeah. Um, there's only so much room. So there, you have to find all these different fields and, you know, different clicks and things to get into, you know, and it's like, if you'd asked me that before this conversation, I'd go, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear how people make their ways into things, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be a happy accident or persistence or whatever yeah. it may be. A little bit of both for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little tenacity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I like to end these conversations off with um, getting into people's influences. Yeah. Um, so, and inspirations. So, how did you, and I, I think that your story will be really unique uh, in comparison to some of the other people I'll have this opportunity to talk to from being from where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you said they carried like kids' comics and things like that. Did they carry yeah, like yeah. Spawn or Spider Man? Okay. All of that. I mean, I grew up. I grew up with French comics initially. Uh, again, as I said, it is a former Portuguese uh, colony, so most of the the fun, like the stuff that we would get would be the the French albums, uh, the Belgium of like so Tintin, uh, Asterix, uh, stuff like that. But um, if I remember a cousin of mine. Came from Portugal. He he brought a uh, Wolverine comic 
then it was gooey. It would then become super famous. It's the one that uh, they made a movie out of it with the Wolverine, the one in Japan. Uh, so, like, I remember the cover. It got me. I even had nightmares over that cover. It's like a just Wolverine in darkness is the claws unsheathed and these eyes shining. It was striking image for, drawn by Frank Miller. And uh, like that got the itch for me. So I tried to find uh, like classmates that had it, trying to find like, in fact, I even uh, borrowed money from my folks to get comics, which obviously got me in trouble. But um, when you ask for influences, what exactly are you going, like influences in the artwork that I do or influences to get to where I'm at? There's no wrong answer. I mean, yeah. as a comic book artist, I mean, you could, you know, maybe it's in, in something that occurred in your life that drove you to yeah. pursue that or, you know, artists. Uh, a little, yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, I went to study architecture in Brazil. And uh, for every other project that I would do, I would always include like a Spider-Man swinging, like Godzilla. Like I would always include stuff that I that I liked that are essentially that I got from comics. And I had teachers that were into comics. I kept I had teachers that kept telling me, "Dude, why are you studying architecture? You should be doing comics yourself." And I'm like, "This is not for me. Like, why would I do comics? Everybody else does. Like everybody else does it better." So I remember I had a teacher that um, he actually got me to make a, like a DeviantArt uh, profile. And through that DeviantArt profile, I, I started getting gigs. But I specifically had one that he was, he, his approach to, to projects in architecture was the one that made me actually enjoy architecture because that, at some point, I wasn't enjoying it, uh, but he he brought me into the fold, at least for that time. And I used the advice that he gave me to basically formulate the way that I tell stories, which is he kept telling me that every everywhere that I look, there is an image that can be used to tell a story. Uh, he's like, go. He had an exercise for us to do. Like find, go home and look at the stuff that you have at home and make a floor plan based on this thing that, I, that you have seen. Like anything, make a floor plan out of that. So at the time, I had a uh, VHS uh, tape recorder. And uh, so it was a while ago. Uh, so uh, it was like a DVD with VHS on it. So I looked at the interface and through that interface, I'm like, oh, wow. like this is where you put the, the CD or this is where you put the VHS. This can be your entrance and foyer and living room. So from then on, I made a, a floor plan. And I start looking at stuff that I could use to lay out floor plans, um, projects and whatnot. And from then on, uh, when I got into the comic book industry, especially when I got more leeway to express myself, instead of just using the traditional panel-to-panel, -panel, uh, one, two, and three uh, ways of storytelling, I tried to use the images that make a page tell you a story as well. So from that uh, incentive that I got from that, that teacher, I still use it nowadays 
to try to find images or try to find things around me or in movies or in games or anything that I can, that can, uh, that I can use to encapsulate a scene in, and uh, use to tell something that I want to tell rather than just use what's inside a panel. So I would say that this, this guy had a tremendous influence in what then became my future. And this was even before I started doing comics. He was just talking about uh, uh, a strategy to, to do like floor plans and enjoy what you're doing. Uh, it's interesting that um, you have somebody that is kind of on a nonlinear path, yep. what you were doing, yep. influence. And I, and I would be willing to bet that you bring maybe um, – maybe another level of precision to your art and the things that you do in comics, because there is a tremendous amount, you know, with architecture, it's all about measurements and things have to be incredibly accurate and to scale. And that probably, I would think that that would maybe help translate in how you have to create things. Uh, You know what? This, this is where, where my, my, uh, my mask of being an actual, um, a serious person just falls because no, it does not. One of the one of the <laughs> things think that it I, would. I love, the only thing that I would say that it does was when I when I went to college, I had I already knew how to do um, two point perspective, three points perspective, and forced perspective because I learned that in school. So in college, uh, in university, I honed that skill a little more. And that is very useful for comics because yeah. I want to use, like for any scene, dynamic camera angles and whatnot. That is, I use that for that. Uh, outside of that, Matt, no, uh, <laughs> I don't like the, the. I don't like to use um, <laughs> rulers to to do perspective. I do perspective in a way that is in the correct way. But I always do a forced perspective because it's easy to cheat your to cheat your eyes if you're if you think you're seeing that this camera angle is correct. Ah, it's just an effect. It's just an effect. It works. The scene is working. It's fine. You're the student uh, I hate. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I am. Two point perspective, and I'm like, use I a ruler or it's gonna suck. And I, then, I am the guy that uh, <laughs> the first cheat code that I find. I'm like, yeah, that's it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I did have like one kid who was just like a brilliant artist. He's mm. like, I don't need a ruler, Mr. Morris. I was like, this is gonna look like shit. Just telling you, this is hard. And then I come back around, and he's like already ahead of everybody else drawing skyscrapers and already putting his bushes in and stuff. And I'm like, all right, that's too corrected. You're fine. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, did you, were your parents? So I know that you talked about your dad, like you need to pick mm. a real career and, and mm. did they eventually become supportive of what you did? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They would, they will always, uh, because I stopped uh, studying uh, to do, to do, go do comics. I mean, I had an opportunity to, at the time I was, I was already working for DC comics and I was working on a pretty big book and even like some months later, I was going to get offered an exclusive contract to be working with them. So so working with the company, I was getting well paid, but I was still in college and I was flunking uh, classes. So like, I remember I was working with a writer that he, he, he had friends in Brazil. So he had, he had come visit there and we went for dinner and he told me, you got to choose. You got to either finish class, finish college, or you have to commit to comics, one or the other. 
the thing about that is that if I if I had finished college, I would go back to the to the back of the line in comics. Uh, whereas I was already at DC, one of the two biggest companies in the industry. Like, so so I stopped doing that. That didn't sit well with, with the folks. And every now and then, I was I'm I'm still gonna hear like, hey man, you're gonna go back and finish finish your 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 studies. But as it is. Um, I mean, they're fine with it. They're, they're, my dad even presents me as like, this is the artist. This is oh. my son, the artist. And I'm like, yeah, I am the son, the artist. As you can see, with uh, my hairstyle and piercings and tattoos, I am the son, the artist. None of the others <laughs> have this. <clears throat> you took some stereotypes by the head, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. ah, I'll own it. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I greatly appreciate your time and um, super, super interesting story. I, I'm always incredibly, inc- incredibly interested to hear people's different backgrounds and where they come from and how they got where they were. And that's, I think it's just awesome uh, that you. you have such a uh, unique um, segue into the field. And I, I, I hope that that is maybe one kid will listen to this. Maybe one of my students, I might turn them on to it be like, once I graduate anyway, I can't mm-hmm. let them know that I cuss when I'm still a yeah. teacher. <laughs> Mr. Morris cusses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe one of them will listen to it and they'll be like, damn, dude, I can do that. Yeah. Um, that's that's the, the ultimate target, to get somebody that was the little, the little me, be like, oh, I like this guy. I'm going to follow that guy. That would be great. Well, if it happens, I'll let you know. <laughs> like you influenced this person. This is great. It's a win. Um, well, before I send you out of here, man, uh, do you have anything coming out that you're working on now that people should be looking out for? Uh, what pages can they find you? Where can they support uh, the things that you've been a part of? Um, I am pretty easy to find. <clears throat> uh, if you Google Marco Rudy with the y- R-U-D-Y, uh, the first thing that comes up is my Facebook, I think, and the next is my DeviantArt page, which I should post a little more stuff. I haven't posted in a, in a while on DeviantArt. However, uh, I'm pretty active on Facebook, on Twitter, on uh, on uh, Instagram. All of them is just Mark Rudy in all of those. Um, uh, a, a word of warning: I am uh, pretty political. Politi- uh, about I'm very opinionated, uh, and I'm very progressive. So if all those things dissuade, like. Because you will see all of my opinions on all of these three platforms. If those are not interesting to, interesting to you, just I'm just already telling you that this is what you'll find. And lastly, I am writing and drawing a book. I have been doing that for um, a, a while now, a few years. And I post a uh, step-by-step on Patreon <clears throat> for anybody that is interested in how... I conceive scenes, what is the reasoning behind my choice of layouts, what's important in the story that I'm telling, what are influences, uh, step by step from pencil to color to actually before that from writing, uh, sketching, pencil, color, all of that. I have the step by step on uh, Patreon, which would be Patreon slash Marco Rudy. So yeah, you can follow me on those platforms and uh, let me know if you see, if you like anything you see. <clears throat> Fantastic, man. Thank mm-hmm. you for your time, brother. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. 